You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm Chad Dotson, and one of your hosts joining me today, Bill Lack, one of our uh, regular co-hosts here. And I'm always excited to get to talk to you, Bill. How you doing today? You're excited to talk to me, Chad. You need to increase the uh, scope of excitement in your life. Are you kidding? You're the most exciting uh, <laughs> guest we've ever had uh, on this podcast. Uh, not, not a guest, though. You're uh, one of our co-hosts, and you have been doing some fantastic interviews uh, for the podcast here lately. And I want to talk to you briefly about some of those. Um, and I didn't tell you off the air that I was going to lead in with this. but um, That's all right. And that's my fault because um, – but you've talked to some uh, – obviously you talked to Chris Welsh here uh, in the last uh, – month or so you've talked to uh, jesse winker one of the big uh, prospects for the reds uh, my favorite of your recent interviews was uh you had a really good talk i thought with uh devin Mezzarocco. uh what what uh, what did you uh i guess what impression did you get from Mezzarocco after talking to him and this is the what second or third time you've talked to him yeah i think it's the third time we, that devin's been on uh for one thing, he's just a nice kid. Uh, he really is. You know, that comes I, through. I, I heard. I heard. You know, Matt used to. Matt Clinker used to talk about him periodically, and, and Matt and he were were pretty good friends when they were playing together in the minor leagues. So I, I you know, I kind of had a feel, a little feel for Devin going into this. And I just, you know, he's one of those kids that there's people that you you root for because they're just, if, if for no other reason that he's just a nice kid. But but the feeling I got from him from the interview is that he realizes that you know that this is his time, you know, and, and that he, it's time for him to take control of the, of, of his position and take him, you know, to, in a lesser sense, you know, but kind of take control of the pitching staff. Um, and, and I think he feels like he's ready. Uh, I, I did make him laugh in the interview though. It cracked me up because he didn't realize that they won every game he had a home run in last year. So I guess if the Reds hit a home, if he hits a home run in a game this year, they can just stop the ball game at that point, you know, because we're going to win. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, I expect him to hit a lot more of those home runs this year. I'm uh, maybe I'm unrealistic about it, and maybe uh, the fact that he's been so kind to Red Leg Nation uh, sort of colors my perception of the guy. But uh, I, I really feel like this is the year that he's going to take that big, huge step forward that we saw him take in the minor leagues. He he was sort of a middling uh, – he was a big-time prospect when he was drafted. He was a, uh, a first-round pick, obviously, uh, who had committed – I'm going to say it again because i got to say it every time we talk about him – committed to play baseball for my University of Virginia Cavaliers, who are ranked number one in the country in, bas- in baseball right now. Um, and we will talk about their basketball team too maybe because uh, I went to a great uh, UVA basketball game this weekend, the top five uh, UVA Cavaliers. But uh, decided to come play for the Reds and and started out sort of slowly and then boom in the minor leagues prospect status went back up to, uh, towards the uh, top of the prospect list because he uh, really put everything together and you started to see some signs of that happening last year and I got to think the fact that the Reds are uh, traded away Ryan Hannigan and we we loved Ryan Hannigan um, and still do but the fact that they were uh, comfortable enough to trade him away and sort of hand over the reins to Devin Ramirez Rocco speaks very highly of what the Reds think about uh, Mezzarocco's chances to take a step forward. And, and I, I'm excited to see if he can really uh, – uh, a little bit more power, 
Uh, obviously, the defense has gotten better. If he can really be a, a, an above-average catcher in the National League. I, I don't want to get over over my skis on, on, on what I expect out of Devin this year. Um, I, I expect him to take a step up. How much of a step, I don't know, it, it, whether, you know what it's reasonable to expect. Um, I thought Chris Walsh made a very interesting point in our interview about, about trading Ryan Hannigan. Um, you know, we thought about about it from the Reds' point of view as, as you know, handing the keys to Devin Mezzarocco. Chris also saw it as a big point of what they got for, for Ryan Hannigan, which is some insurance in the starting rotation that will be down, sitting at a triple-A in the Holmberg kid. Um, you know, he played double-A last year with a two seven five ERA and 26 starts, and and he looks like he's a pretty daggone good pitcher, even though he didn't look real good against Cleveland the other day. Um, but this David Holmberg, you know, gives him a little bit of triple-A depth at, at, uh, in the minor leagues. And, and I think that's as big a thing about that trade is, is actually giving Devin the keys. But I'm, I'm real excited to see what he can do. I think he understands what he, what he needs to work on. Um, I think, you know, you'll see him. I, I don't think you'll see him miss very many games against left-handed pitching. Uh, I think you'll probably see Pena in the games where they're facing a, t- a real tough right-hander. You know, I think you might see him, you know, if, they, if they're going to decide to sit him out one game a week or two games a week, it'll probably be against tough right-handed pitching. Um, you know, his, his, his defense has gotten better every year. You know, I think a lot of that goes back to working with uh, uh, the managers in the minor leagues, and whose names just ran right out of my head. Uh, the guy at Dayton uh, and and the and the guy who we had an interview with many years ago down in, in Tampa or in, in Sarasota, um, two two former catchers that were his early catch his early managers in the minor leagues. Um, his cat, you know, his throw he threw out twenty nine percent of the runners last year, which is you know it's close to league it's it's a little bit above league average. Um, it's you know it was a big jump from two thousand and twelve. You know, he, I, you know he's doing all the right things. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing I, I'll be interested to see is where they where Devin ends up, where he's hitting in the lineup by the end of the season. Yeah, I think that, uh, and that's why I, I said a moment ago that I expected big things out of him this year, but then I sort of tempered that at the end of my comments by saying that um, I, I feel hopeful that he could be an above-average catcher in this league. You know, I, I don't expect him to be an all-star this year. I think he's got the tools to be an all-star eventually. Um, but if he can just be above-average uh, in terms of the total package, um, that's – Listen, I'll take that every day uh, out of the catcher's position. So, um, so best of luck to uh, to Devin. Uh, I really enjoyed your talk with Chris Welsh. He uh, he doesn't pull very many punches, does he? No, I, I, I of all the people that we talk to regularly, I have the you know other than you and I getting together and, and just sitting here and wondering why anybody's listening. <laughs> the, the guy that I enjoy talking to the most is Chris. Um, for one thing, he's just a, such a class act. I mean, he's just, he gives any, he has never turned me down for, you know, for coming on or, or talking or anything. And years ago, I don't know if I've ever told this story. Years ago, I was interviewing Chris in person and we got halfway through the interview and apparently my tape screwed up and I lost the second half of the interview and I called him back on the phone and he, we redid the second half of the interview over the phone. I mean, that's something he doesn't have to do. I mean, you know, we're not anything to Chris Welsh, but he, he always has time for, for, for Red Leg Nation, and I always appreciate that. But I also appreciate his honesty um, and his opinions and his, and his thought processes. Um, 
And and that's one of the reasons that, that I'm not in the depths of despair kind of about this team is that Chris is so positive about them. And, you know, and I'm never going to say I know more about baseball than Chris Welch. And he's he's very positive about this team. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that he's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, we certainly appreciate everything he's uh, done for Red Leg Nation, and, uh, and and what I like about uh, Chris is just um, this comes through obviously on the uh, television broadcast. Uh, he's as open-minded as any broadcaster that uh, that I've seen on any team uh, for any team's broadcast, uh, and just in terms of he's uh, willing to consider uh, that maybe the way he, things have always been done might not be the right way, and, and whether there are different ways to do things, and obviously the uh, statistical revolutions taking baseball over. He's been, uh, you know, he's not a hardcore sabermetrician, uh, but he's open to all that stuff, and he, he he's a he's a thinker, and uh, so big fan of big fan of Chris Welsh. Let's uh, yeah, let's jump There's, in. You know, the other one, you know, the other one though that I thought was very interesting, and we haven't talked about it a whole lot, and I, I don't even know if it got listened to a whole lot, was the interview with Mac Jenkins. No, oh, that was a good interview. Great talk. Uh, he, 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 I think he really gave us some some good insights on Brian Price, you know, because he worked closer with him than, than anybody that's still around here, and and I really thought he, he gave some really good insights on 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 Brian Price. That was definitely the most uh, interesting por- portion of that uh, interview to me, uh, just because we got this we got Brian Price out here, and a lot of uh, a lot of hopes are being pinned on Brian Price uh, in the wake of a lot of dissatisfaction with the previous Reds manager who shall go unnamed, but um, just getting a chance to, Jenkins has worked closely with him and getting a chance to uh, take a peek into Price's uh, thought processes and uh, and the fact that Price is a little bit open-minded about things and uh, sort of a thinking type coach uh, who doesn't necessarily manage just by feel or just by gut. Um, yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Go uh, If you haven't listened to those, uh, well, first of all, I don't know why you'd listen to uh, Bill and, and me ramble on before you listen to those people that actually know something uh so after you finish listening to this go go check those out go download them because they're certainly worth listening to um let's dive into the news uh around uh the reds over the last uh, week since the last podcast and uh there's really not much news to talk about they started playing uh, actual games i guess actual spring training games so that's always a good thing yeah real real baseball um it doesn't count for anything but uh, at least it's baseball and uh and the guys are out there playing so that's always fun uh you paying much attention to the uh to the games um you know i kind of scan the box scores and 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 look and i look more at the pitchers than i do the hitters um i see how many guys are in the box score that even i've never heard of <laughs> right. um you know, it was an empty, you know, they've been, you know, doing basically what you expected. You know, they're running a little bit more than, than they said, than they did under Voldemort. I mean, Dusty Baker, I mean, <laughs> those who will not, they may Ouch. You know, you, you wonder how much of this, I never know how much, you know, how much spring training really means. I mean, we all know the numbers don't mean anything. But you wonder about trends and, and, and whether the team's doing, you know, you know, Price has talked about them running more. You know, there's there's pluses and minuses to that. I guess it depends on when they're running and who's running. Uh, I mean, we all know Billy Hamilton's going to be running damn near every time he gets on base. You know, you know he's going to be in a track stance. But, you know, they're talking about Frazier and Kozar running more. I, you know, and you know, they've, they've got good stolen base numbers in the minor leagues. But if I see 
Brandon Phillips running. I mean, he, he just gets thrown out too much. I mean, and, and the idea of him having the green light is just insanity to me. Um, the pitching, I think, has looked good from what I, you know, from what I've seen. Um, you know, the guy, uh, poor Dan Corsino has gotten rocked up twice for four runs, you know, but so, you know, if you have to make a prediction at this point, you'd say he didn't put 2013 behind him. Um, not, not looking good early, is it? No, it's not. But other than that, you know, I don't, I, like I said, I glance at the box scores and read the articles, which, you know, don't tell you a whole hell of a lot either. Um, there was an article in the Enquirer today on, on Rodriguez, um, you know, the, the, you know, since he signed at 16 and now he's 21, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, you know, John Fay and, and C. Trent and, and, and Mark Sheldon, they, they, I mean, they've got so many inches they got to fill every day, whether there's anything to write about or not. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Holmberg. You mentioned looking at the pitching, first of all, uh, and, and that's sort of one of the things that I always try to keep an eye on. Uh, how many innings are these guys throwing? How many pitches are they throwing? Are they, uh, you know, ramping up, getting ready for opening day? And, and whether there are any injuries? We obviously had the injury to Matt Latos, who's uh, evidently on his way back. And then, of course, uh, Mike Leake uh, missed, a, missed a start this weekend with a, what they called a minor abdominal strain. Uh, and, he, and he says it's just uh, a tweak and uh, his starting his uh, normal routine back uh, this week. But uh, as I said, you mentioned Holmberg, and this starting five is going to be awfully good for the Reds. But if they're not healthy, uh, Holmberg is going to be a little bit is going to be, to be more than just a Triple A filler or, or depth because they don't have after that first five, it gets very thin uh, for the Cincinnati starters. Uh, is that something you're concerned about? And, and things like Leak's injury, or uh, and, and not specifically that particular injury, but just uh, and, and the fact that Latos has been injured. How concerned are you uh, with the Reds' lack of depth after their starting five uh, in the rotation? Well, I mean, we all know that, that this team is going to go as far as the pitching staff carries it. Um, they're not going to be an offensive juggernaut unless a lot of guys have upgrades on seasons. And they could. I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't. But, you know, but unless a lot of guys have upgrades on their 2013 seasons, they're not going to be an offensive juggernaut. They're going to go as, as far as, as basically the starting rotation takes them. Because um, while I expect the bullpen to be better than last year, I don't expect it to be markedly better, but it may. But uh, what concerns me, I, and this again, this may be my pessimistic nature. Um, you know, my, my thing is, you know, if you expect the worst, you're never disappointed. Uh, <laughs> especially with this organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, I just we got. You know, one guy has a knee operation on the first day of spring training because he came down early to work early and hurt his knee. And then a guy's getting ready to make his first start, and he's got an abdominal injury. that As they said, he happened three or four weeks ago. And I don't like the omens. You know, it's like the dark cloud is the clouds are forming, you know. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope none of that is the case. Or, you know, the other way to look at it is they're getting all this crap out of the way early. You know, and that's what I'm hoping happens. There you go. Um, you know, the Holmberg kid, you know, they signed Francis back again for AAA depth and they signed that Chinese pitcher. I can't remember his name, Chen Wang Wang or whatever his, the guy that pitched for the Yankees. All right. I can't remember his name. Chen, Chen. Wang. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think if we have to count on, you know, Holmberg may be a good pitcher, 
by late in the year, or he may be able to help them, you know, next year. But I don't, you know, I think he's too young to really give him much help this year. And if we're if we're counting on Francis replacing, you know, Johnny Cueto again, or you know, having to fill in for Latos at the beginning of the year, or Lee, you know, they play the they 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 play the Cardinals. What is it? Six times in the first month of the season, mm-hmm. six times the first two weeks of the season, something like that. Yeah. Um, we we can't afford to have you know have a second line pitcher in there when we're when we when we you know we're, dig, we're trying not to dig a hole early. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm not concerned at all about this particular injury with Leak, uh, very minor uh, issue, and and the Latos injury I was uh, really concerned uh, initially. Um, not not so much as I've seen that he's recovering well and and things seem to be working out, but it's just sort of the overall thought that you know if if we do have an injury that lasts some amount of time like uh, we saw out of Johnny Cueto last year this Reds team is uh, doesn't have Tony Singrani to step in right this year and uh, and, and you're right this team is only going to go as far as this pitching staff is going to take him which uh, you know if you want to be optimistic you say this is as good a pitching staff as the Reds have had uh, Joel Luckup and I we were talking about that uh, last time maybe the best Reds pitching staff since uh, the 40s um, and, and that's, I, I wouldn't have, I, it's, it's, it's the red, it's the best red starting rotation in the, in the 50 years that I've been watching baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's since the mid sixties, um, you know, you, you could, my question to you and what, and to Joel would be, what do you think are the chances that you get 25 starts out of Johnny Cueto this year? <sighs> I don't know the answer to that. Again, I want to be optimistic. Would you bet? Would, would you would you bet your paycheck on it? I wouldn't bet the ranch on it. Probably no. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, there have been some reports this spring that uh, Brian Price has uh, adjusted uh, his Johnny Cueto's uh, delivery. Is that uh, that turn that he's been uh, sort of known for the last couple of years? It's not as pronounced anymore. Um, and, and Price thinks it's going to help uh, with the. Uh, I guess he had a strained uh, oblique last year, and so it's going to help uh, protect that. I guess. Uh, Look, the only thing with that is he pitched on. He 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 pitched the other day on television, and I can tell you, I didn't see any difference. Oh really? I didn't get a chance to watch it. Um, yeah, it looked like the same twist. You know, Louis Tiant, maybe yeah. not to that extent, but you know, I, I didn't see any difference between that and last year. Um. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. That's all I can say. It's spring, and, and hopes, hope springs eternal uh, uh, during uh, the spring in baseball. And so I'm hopeful that he can stay healthy. Because uh, if he can, I think people forget how good Johnny Cueto is when he's healthy. Uh, frankly, maybe the best pitcher on the club when healthy. Now, he's not been healthy, and so uh, that's it's easy to say that uh, he's the best pitcher. Um, but if he's if they can keep those top three healthy all season, uh, the Reds can handle a, an injury to Singrani or Leak. Frankly, you know, Holmberg can can fill in, and if they can keep those top three healthy, this becomes as good a pitching staff as well, like you said, as as any of us have ever seen. Um, but that's a huge if, and and uh, you're you're getting me down, man. I'm trying to be optimistic about it, and you're getting me down. Well, every team still has a shot at the World Series at this point. That's right. Uh, 
you know, and I, I agree with you about Cueto. You know, the the the, the things that, that I think we forget about Cueto is I think he's the most complete package. He holds runners better than anybody else on this staff. I think he, I think he feels the position as well as anybody on the staff now that, that Bronson Arroyo is gone. I think he's the best bunter in the pitching staff. Uh, on top of you know how effective he is just throwing the baseball when he's healthy and and um, you know somebody that holds runners on is sure going to be a big help to the catcher. Now you know we you know we don't have a lot of running in baseball, but I think it's making a, slowly making a comeback. Right. Uh, and so I think that's going to become more and more of a bigger deal. Um, I, I read an article yesterday or the day before on, on Singrani, um, and I'm not as worried about his back issue because he really went into he did some personal training with a guy in Detroit over the winter to strengthen his core and work on strengthening his back. Uh, and the other thing was apparently they found out that he hurt his back quite a bit of time before, you know, three, four, five starts, something like that before he told anybody last year. Right. So he was one of those kids, you know, trying to pitch through the, the pain and, you know, they, and apparently he's been talked to about that, you know? So I, I don't have as much worries about Singrani and his back as I do about Cueto and his lat. I mean, when something happens, what is it? Has it been three times now in the last year in a playoff? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, you at know, least three. The late toast knee. Until he's back on the mound, I'm going to be concerned. You know, and, until he actually takes the the ball in a ball baseball game, I'm going to be concerned. Um, you know, I expect Homer to take another step up this year. I'm hoping that we saw Mike. You know, I'm hoping Mike Leak. You know, is is coming into his own. I, I, I'm not a big Mike Leak guy. You know, but he sure looked good last year. Almost 200 innings, 3.37 ERA. Uh, you know, not just, bad for a number five. Not bad, just uh, just 26 years old this year. Uh, I'll take those numbers again. And and you know, Singrani. This is why the health of those top three really is so important because uh, four and five are uh, n- very few teams around baseball have a four and five like Mike Leake and and what Singrani can be. Singrani is a guy that if he's healthy, that I think is really going to take the biggest. Uh, step up maybe not in terms of performance because the performance was so good last year um but we'll have him for a full year and people will get to uh know singrani on the national level he's uh, uh i saw a, a piece about singrani as well that was talking about how uh, sean marshall had uh, been yep. working with him on his slider and yep. they were they were thought he was teaching singrani to throw it the way that greg maddox taught sean uh, marshall to throw it I that's that's a pretty good teacher there, uh, Hall of Famer Greg Maddox. But that's pretty good lineage. Yeah, really. His and you know his um, Singrani's fastball is already it's uh, got this crazy uh, movement to it, and it's very difficult to you got that sort of a funky little move uh, motion. And uh, I really believe with a full season of Singrani, uh, he's not going to be Latos or, or Bailey or Cueto, but uh, he may end up being a number four starter. The one of the best, if not the best, number four starter in the in the majors. That's that's how highly I think of Tony Singrani. This this kid can pitch, and he's sort of a bulldog, and he's a guy that uh, not just being well known nationally, but he's going to start to become, I think, sort of a fan favorite in Cincinnati. You, are, I agree. With you. I like the kid too. You know, I I, I you know he, he doesn't. He, there was an article, and it might have been the same article the other day that we were talking that we that we're both talking about. We talking, He doesn't even like to give up a hit. 
He yeah. gets pissed when he gives up a hit, you know? And he said he don't care if it's a spring training game. He don't want to give up a hit because that means he failed. I think that's great, you know? Um, you know, do I expect him to, 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 to you know, keep a, an ERA under three? No, I don't. You know, if, if, I think if we get 200 innings out of him and he has an ERA of 3-5, I'll, I'll dance all the way to the bank on that. Oh, you know, absolutely, I, yes. I, I just think – but if he can add a slider and, and throw it for strikes – you know, with with the hard, you know, they say he throws a heavy fastball, whatever that means, and and you know, and, and his off speed stuff, you know, that he can throw a little bit. I think he could be a very very strong number four uh, or five, whatever the Reds. You know, those numbers don't, you know, those numbers don't really mean anything to me. We know who the top three are, and and you know, and what even numbers, you know, what numbers there or order there, and I don't think means anything. But there's the top three, and then there's the other two. Right, and, and I agree. Uh, it's tough to place numbers on any of them in terms of a particular slot. Uh, yeah, you always like to talk right. about uh, the number one starter, number two starter, and I can't do that with those top three. I just can't no. do it. Um, I, I think that probably if they're all healthy, Cueto might be a little better than all of them, but uh, Matt Latos probably has the hi- highest ceiling of any of them. Um, and, and, but Homer Bailey has shown that uh, you know he's a guy that you can trust with the ball in a, uh, a tight spot, I guess you'd say. So they, they all have their uh, – uh, positive traits when it comes to who's the ace that 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 discussion really doesn't interest me that much because they're all an ace as far as i'm concerned uh but the fact that you got those two guys in singrani and leak who uh, on on a lot of teams are going to be uh, you know number three starter or or better um it all comes back to health because they don't have a whole lot after those five but those five are uh, unbelievable i talk about it Every, here's the name I mentioned every time we talk about uh, this great pitching because I keep thinking we sat here for two years and watched Jimmy Haynes throw on opening day and and now it's an embarrassment of riches in this rotation just I can't believe this is our uh this is our Reds just can't believe it yeah I'm you know I'm not saying that that, that Mike Leake would be a number one anywhere else but he could he'd be a number two on a lot of teams yeah yeah absolutely um and uh it, it's interesting though talking about you know the, the last year and the and the and the Reds top four and and this is something that kind of came out of the interview with Chris Welsh and I where Chris said that you know he'd like to look at the Reds p- pitchers and look at their best five games and their worst five games and kind of throw those out and look at that median twenty and so I, I sat down and did this and I sent this to Chris as a matter of fact and last year the Reds median the, the 20 or so games, I threw out Arroyo, Bailey, Latos, and Leak, who all hit over 30 starts. And I threw out their best fives and their worst fives. And their best fives were all, Latos was the only one that gave up any runs in his best five games. He had an ERA of .25 and 36 and a third innings in his best five games. Gosh. And, and, he, and the other ones, their ERAs were zero in their best five games. Yeah, that's something. Now, now in the median five, you know, you know where they're they're twenty plus starts. The worst starter was was Arroyo at three point two three ERA. Bailey was two point nine six. Latos was two point nine seven, and Leak was two point nine nine in twenty plus starts. Wow. Now you know you look at their worst games. Arroyo was the worst, and Leak was second worst. Latos had the had the best worst five. But you know they were so close in that mid in that mid five that you know when your worst pitcher in, in on your majority of your games his ERA is three twenty three, that's strong. 
No, that's outstanding, and that's, again, just another uh, uh, more reinforcement of the fact that if Reds fans aren't just uh, dumbfounded by how fantastic this starting staff has a chance to be, uh, we may never see it again in our lifetimes. Uh, Reds fans need to enjoy it. And the Reds were the you know, I also looked at the Cardinals and the Pirates, and the Reds were the only ones that had four guys that made over 30 starts. The Cardinals had three. The Pirates only had two. Uh, and one of them guys is gone now. Burnett's gone. So, you know, you know, between health and, and you know, and then looking around for a guy, you know, but well, I'll tell you what, that Wainwright's a hell of a pitcher for St. Louis. Oh, are we really going to talk about the Cardinals? You're right. Well, you're absolutely right. But, oh, man, yeah, you're right. That guy is unbelievable. Do we, but do we have to talk about him? It makes my head hurt. Okay, we won't talk about him then. We'll, we'll ignore him for a little while. Okay, we'll ignore him until he actually comes to town and throws a two-hitter against us. Um, all right, we've talked about the pitchers here. Let's shift over to the other side of the ledger and and the hitters. And there are a number of guys we can go through position by position and talk about who could might perform better. And, and Joel and I did a little bit of that last week. But in my opinion, and I think probably this is not really a controversial uh, opinion, the single most interesting uh, storyline in terms of the Reds' offense is is Billy Hamilton. Uh, you know, I don't know what I expect of him, and I'm probably a little more skeptical than a lot of people are. But on the other hand, I'm really looking forward to seeing whether this guy can be what some people expect him to be um, and to see how, how his presence in the lineup changes the look of this team, if at all. Um, are, are you uh, – I guess, I guess you're pessimistic about uh, – about Hamilton's uh, 2014 season. I, I watched Billy for, you know, at the, in, in Dayton. You know, this was a number of years ago, and he was still, you know, getting his sea legs on him. I think there's no doubt that he's the biggest question mark on this team. Um, and that's a lot of weight on a, on a kid's shoulders. It's his age, with his experience level, um, on a contending team. Um, they're they're putting a lot of pressure on this kid. I know I know they're trying to say you know or he's just going to be whatever he can do you know blah blah blah. But when you take this kid and you stick him in the leadoff spot, and and you know you're trying to set the table for Joey Votto and Jay Bruce and and whoever you know bats at you know however the lineup falls. Um, that's expected a lot out of a kid. Uh, I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, you know, I, we saw the you know we saw late in the season last year the excitement that he can bring to the ball club. Yeah. Uh, but I just keep I just keep remembering Deion Sanders, and, and I, I know it's probably not oh. a fair comparison. Oh, that hurts! You can't steal, you, you can't steal first base. <laughs> right. You know, Deion was the fastest guy I ever saw playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy could go from home plate to third base as fast as Deion Sanders. But, you know, the problem was he didn't go from home plate to first base enough. Right, right. Well, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe Billy will be fine. You know, Chris Welsh, again, I'm not going to, you know, say that I know more than Chris Welsh, and Chris Welsh doesn't feel that this kid playing another year AAA would do him any good. I, I can't say that I agree, but I'm like I said, I'm, I'm not going to cross swords with Chris Welch on the, on baseball. Yeah. I, I wonder if what I'm concerned about is that 
maybe I don't know if it's, there's too much pressure on Hamilton. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but just that the expectations among a lot of people, uh, a lot of Reds fans, I guess, are, are going to be way too high for Hamilton because you know he did come in last year and all the excitement and he was he was <laughs> uh, it was it was fascinating to watch and he was uh, very excited with it you know uh, but he is what he is he's he's you know. He has some holes in his game that he's going to be working on. They say he's a hard worker. i got no reason not to believe that. Um, but I see a headline like John Fay had in the Inquirer, uh, I guess it was yesterday, and I saw it and did a double take because the headline was, Billy Hamilton should be an upgrade in center. And I thought, wait, what? You know, we had Shin Su Chu there uh, in center field last year. Shin Su Chu, you know, second best on-base percentage in the, uh, in the majors. And... Uh, just, I was in love with the with what Chu brought to the table last year. Um, I said, "Billy Hamilton, an upgrade? You're crazy!" But of course, now the art the article when I actually read it said, "Well, defensively, he's going to be a, a big upgrade in center field." And I think that's absolutely 100 uh, percent true. Uh, everything I read about Hamilton is that he's still a little bit of a work in progress in center. But Chu, frankly, was uh, worse than anybody really realized. Uh, at least if you look at the uh, the numbers, the defensive ratings. Uh, he was, I guess, sure-handed mostly out there, but didn't get to a lot of balls. Uh, Hamilton's going to get to a ton more uh, balls that are hit out there in center field. And uh, so, yeah, he, I think he'll absolutely be a huge defensive upgrade. Offensively, it's it's a downgrade, and, there, and I don't think anyone would argue that point. So uh, if, if we can get Hamilton somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know – if he, if he could somehow get on base at a three thirty on base percentage, that's the number I was thinking. Then I think he becomes a valuable offensive player um, when combined with his defense. But if he's at three oh five and three ten, he's gonna kill him. He's gonna he's gonna hurt because he's he's gonna be batting lead off. It looks like. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna be seeing you know and, and my concern and, and guys have said this on the blog is my concern we're gonna see Joe, Joey Votto coming up with two outs an awful lot. Well, I hope you know. I hope I'm wrong. I, going back to there's something you said earlier about expectations, and you and I have talked about this for years. Is people always have unreasonable expectations for young players coming to the big leagues, especially ones that have some hype. Uh, and and Billy Hamilton's probably the biggest hype coming to the Reds since Jay Bruce, and before that Homer Bailey. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even both of those guys, you know, Bailey took a tremendous beating from the media, from the from the fans. I don't think Jay did as much, um, but but Jay didn't struggle to the depths that Homer did. You know, Jay probably was more major league ready than Homer was. The question is, is is, is Billy Hamilton going to be Jay Bruce? Is he going to be Homer Bailey? Is he going to be somewhere in between? I don't know, but the fans need to realize that this kid's going to struggle. And you, how many? I mean, how many times have you and I have said those same things? And, and you know, people expect these a 22, 23 year old kid in the big leagues to be a finished product, and it just doesn't happen that way. You're exactly right, and and I I hope that Hamilton is not sort of burdened by those expectations because that's too much to ask uh, of a young kid if he can play above average defense and just not be a, a black hole offensively. I think that he's going to create some runs with his legs once he does get on. 
so I think maybe his on-base percentage, even if it's a little uh, below average, what he does when he's on base uh, may, you know, uh, I guess lead to the creation of more runs than the average. I don't think I don't think that's a controversial statement either. Uh, Jason Linden at Red Leg Nation has been doing going through his 2014 season preview and, and looking at player by player, and he projected Hamilton for a uh, for two wins above replacement. Now his ceiling for 2014, he said, if everything went right for Hamilton, Hamilton could uh, his projected ceiling was five wins above replacement, which is all-star level, I I can't imagine that ever happening. But if we get, to- I, I, I think Jason was was you know drinking the Kool Aid when he wrote that, <laughs> that five. You know, <laughs> well, he he projected two, but he said if everything goes right, five. You know, Chu was at five point two last year, so let's. Um, yeah. So so in other words, he's going to be almost as good as Chu was as an all-around player. Now a lot of that's going to come from defense. Yes. Yes. And, um, and Chu's war was uh, was uh, knocked down a, a little bit because of his, his right. poor defense. Yeah, because that's a premium but, defensive position, and 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 the Reds' defense is going to be significantly better, I think, this year because of that. I'll say that if Billy Hamilton's war is five, the Reds win the division. Yeah, I would say so. Can you imagine how many <laughs> runs he's going to score, and 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 Votto's RBI totals will be back up. So. Yeah, and people can quit ragging on Joey Votto. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. What we're talking about off. What we're talking about offense. Are you? Done, are we done with Billy Hamilton? I think we could probably talk all season long about Billy Hamilton, but we'll uh, we'll knock it off for today anyway. But while we're talking about offensive players, let's talk about Joey Votto for a minute. And Joey's, I don't know what you want to call it. Maybe his off season offensive. Yeah, he's really. Uh, his char- He's really made an effort. Offensive. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, and and I'm not saying that you know that he has a, you know an ulterior motive or you know or, or he's trying to get out in front of anything or you know I don't know what I don't know I've never I wouldn't know Joey Votto you know I'd know him if I saw him but you know what I'm saying I don't know him personally <laughs> I've never met him I've never spoken to him. Wait a minute, hold on a second. You you don't know what Joey Votto looks like at this point? Is that is that what you're telling us? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, I'd know him if I saw him. I said, but I, you know, but I don't know anything about the guy personally, other than what you read in the media. Uh, but it, you know, it's almost like he's making an effort to endear himself to the fans of Cincinnati, and, and I really respect that. Um, he's been very upfront and honest about you know the problems that he had emotionally a couple of, a few years ago and the loss of his dad. He's been on. Lance McAllister's show, I think the last four weeks in a row, something like that, answering questions from the fans, and, and was very clear to, to Lance and his staff that he did not want the questions pre-screened. Um, I really respect that, but I also, I don't know, it's just so anti what we'd always heard about Joey that I, 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 I just wonder what his, what his thinking is. Well, some of that has got to be just that. Finally, he's got this long-term contract. Um, he is more comfortable in his skin because he's been in the big leagues for na- for for a little while now. Um, Cincinnati is his home, uh, gonna be for the next uh, x number of years, ten plus years, and uh, some of that is I think we call it a charm offensive in trying to. Uh, Get the fans on his side, maybe a little bit, but the, but I think a lot of just that he's more comfortable in his skin now, and he's uh, he's ready to let people 
see who Joey Votto really is. The only Joey Votto we've really seen for the few, first few years of his career has been the guy on the field who is so demanding of himself and gets upset when he uh, does something uh, that's not up to his uh, specifications. And, um, you know, all his teammates say off the field he's a completely different guy. And I think he's ready to let everyone see that. Uh, I can't believe, though, that part of it is not motivated by the fact that the fans have kind of... uh, it's it's ludicrous to even talk about. Uh, irritates me every time we discuss it. But the fans have given him a little bit of a hard time for uh, his approach at the plate, and and we don't really need to get into that again uh, unless you want to because we've beaten that one to death. It's completely. But I, I agree with you. Ridiculous. I think that probably has something to do with it. I, I think that the the ration of crap that he took coming out of last year when he was the best offensive player on this team by a significant amount. And he got, and he got, you know, and not only from the fans, but some of the local media. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, and, and his own manager. Well, know. not anymore. Well, not anymore. Exactly. But last year, his, <laughs> own, his own manager. Thank goodness. He yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, that had to. Uh, it had to hurt him because he knows what most of us know, which is that. He works as hard as anybody does to be the best Joey Votto that he can be, which is to say that he know he knows better than anybody what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, and he's trying every day to maximize those strengths to help the Reds win. And um, you know, it, it had to hurt a little bit to see some of the criticism, uh, certainly coming from his own manager and then uh, from from media members of the media. Uh, our buddy Marty. So, um, and to a lesser extent, even the front office. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so maybe he, maybe his thinking is if he can get people to see who Joey Votto really is, and uh, and if you listen to any of these uh, interviews he's done, uh, he, he doesn't come across as somebody that's sort of faking it just to try to uh, become fan friendly. I mean, he just seems like this is who Joey Votto is, very comfortable with himself and in discussing. Uh, uh, any top, you know, he told Lance McAllister, "Hey, uh, we're not going to screen any questions out. I'll take every question the fans have got." Um, and I think he sees now that uh, Cincinnati is not like it might be in New York when you walk down the street, uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, being Joey Votto, being the, the the greatest player in this market is a little different than it would be other places. And he's seeing that maybe it's something he can live with, and that it's not going to be too much for him to handle. And so he's uh, to just. St- st- Dipping his toe in the water a little bit, I guess, of being uh, the face of the franchise. Well, the other thing you said, yeah, and the other thing I kind of got a kick out of one of the, and I, I didn't hear this in the thing, but I, I read it in the paper. We said he just loves talking baseball. Well, Joey, Red Lake Nation is making you a, 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 an offer right now. Anytime that you want to come on the podcast and talk baseball, you are more than welcome. The red carpet is out, Joey Votto. That's we right. would love to talk baseball with Joey Votto. Yeah, we'll uh, do it at, uh, at on his schedule. And, at uh, his convenience. Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I talk about us being, uh, as, as fans, being excited about getting a chance to watch this starting rotation every day. And and I continually say it as well. If you guys don't understand what you're seeing with Joey Votto and the fact that we got a chance to have Joey Votto playing in front of us um, for you know basically his whole career um, as it looks now, uh, 
Um, don't take it for granted, I guess I would say. Uh, Joey Votto is a hist- an historically good hitter. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's a Hall of Fame level hitter. Don't take for granted the fact that we've got him in, uh, in our lineup every day. Enjoy the fact that uh, we've got we get a chance to watch this guy in his prime uh, and watch him working at his craft. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a fully paid member of the Joey Votto fan club, and, and I hope that some of this what, what you call the charm offensive uh, leads to maybe a little bit better treatment at the hands of uh, of Joe Fan. Yeah, I do too. Um, for a number of reasons. One is I think when you're happy, you play better. Um, and I want Joey to play better because better Joey means better Reds. But and the flip side of the coin is, you know, you don't want to turn it into a negative situation where you're paying this guy all this money and, and all of a sudden he doesn't really want to be here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this can be a very uh, uh, good market for, for Votto and who he is and, um, everybody needs, needs to be happy about the fact that we've got Joey Votto. I, I don't understand criticism of this guy. Uh, if you weren't working hard, things like that, uh, you know, I guess I understand. But I, I, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with you there, Chad. I think Joey's defense last year was horrendous. Well, there you go. But see, that's legitimate criticism. But, you know, that's and 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 Votto's admitted that's something he wants to improve. This yeah. year. And, 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 and before that, you know, I never thought Joey was a gold glover. I've said that for years. Uh, I think the gold glove thing was a joke, but I thought he was a, an average or better than average first baseman until last year. And I don't know what happened, but I, I, I bet if you went back and looked, you could count on one hand the number of balls he fielded in front of him. Yeah, he side-swapped he everything, yeah. He played, played matador defense all year long, and, and that just didn't seem like Joey Votto to me. Um I expect him to work hard, and I hope you know. And I expect to see improvement on that. If not, then he'll hear about it. But it's going to be very rarely that, that I think you'll be able to legitimately uh, complain about Joey Votto's offense. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I didn't intend, mean to uh, insinuate that he was above any criticism whatsoever. Uh, and I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, but the criticism he has gotten, by and large, has been ridiculous. Uh, I'll the say RBI, that. The RBI argument is just yeah. stupid. Yeah, give me I mean, a break. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyway, uh, excited to see what we get out of uh, out of Joey Votto this year. Uh, one last thing I wanted to dig into a little bit. Did you see this uh, interview that John Fay had with? Uh, I guess it was over the weekend with Bob Kessler. Yeah, with Red Zone. Before we get that, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Offensively, who is the who is the key to this team's success? Offensively, well, there's there's a number of different answers to that. Yeah, I think, I think Joey Votto's the key because uh, he's he's the guy he's the hammer in the middle. But I think, but he's also the, he's also the 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 most known in the equation. Yeah, he's a constant. Absolutely. I think if I had to say, I would say Billy Hamilton because. What Billy Hamilton is uh, is able to do this year, in large part, is going to determine how this offense how this offense works. Um, and if he's able to get on base at a decent clip, then this offense is going to look entirely different than it will be if he's not able 
to get on base at a decent clip. So there are some other things you could say. You know, Ryan Ludwig, uh, you know. I, I See, that's where I would go. Because this team was successful two years ago without somebody really good in the leadoff spot. And I think the key is going to be the Ludwig, Frazier, Mezzarocco group and, and how well, how consistent and how well they play and the ability to, to get on and get them over and get them in. Um, because I think this team can be successful without the pitching's going to keep them in every game. I'm not, you know, I mean, not every game, but the pitcher's going to keep them in the game more often than not. The key is going to be, are they going to score enough runs to win? Well, and that's sort of why I said Billy Hamilton, because, uh, if he can, if he can do what, I guess, some of the more optimistic projections say, then the Reds are going to score runs. Uh, the other reason I said him instead of Ludwig is, I, frankly, I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't want to talk about Ryan Ludwig. I'm, I really hope that Ludwig can be the kind of hitter he was two years ago. I don't see much in the last four years of his career to make me think that he will. I agree. Um, and so uh, I'm trying – it's spring, like I said. I'm trying to remain as optimistic as I can. And, and, and I am optimistic about this team by and large, I, you know, it's not like we're talking about a team that's going to be a, a last-place team. They've got a chance of being a really good, really good team. Um, but that's one area where I feel like the Reds really could have improved and would have been uh, maybe the easiest place to improve. And they weren't able to do that for whatever reason. So, But I think you could say well, any of those. That's kind of why I lumped Ludwig Frazier and Rocco kind of in the same ball of wax, you know, because I, I you know, I don't know how they're, how they're going to end up hitting, whether it's going to be four, you know, five, six, seven, you know, five, six, eight, you know, so I don't know where he's going to hit Mezzarocco. I think, I think it may depend on who's successful. I, I think by the end of the year, if Mezzarocco's hitting left-handers the way he's shown his ability to hit left-handers, you might see Devin in the five spot yeah. by the end of the year. Um, I'm with you. I, I don't want to talk about Ryan Ludwig either. Cause I think the, I think the contract was, it was a bad idea at the time. And I think, you know, I'm not blaming the guy for getting hurt last year. You, you know, whatever happens, happens. There's nothing you can do about that. But to sign a guy that, uh, you know, that had the best year he had in four years to a two-year deal for big money didn't make any sense. And the Reds have done that, you know, two-year deals for big money more often than, than any of us want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, two-year deals to everyone, including the 25th man on the bench. Um, 24th man, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you know – I'm hopeful that Ludwig will uh, return to his form of a couple years ago, but the, the trends don't look good, and uh, let, let's not dwell on it, shall we? <laughs> you're back, you're back. Let's go back to Billy, Billy Hamlin. When they scored, and I, and I have to look here, uh, two years ago in 2012, they scored, the Reds scored how many runs here? Excuse me, I'm, I'm pulling numbers here. They scored 669 runs two years ago. Last year, they scored 698. The year before that, in 2011, they scored 735. When they scored 669 runs, they hit a 200 and, a, a guy with an on-base percentage of 277 leading off most of the year. Yeah. Well, but again, you had Ryan Ludwig with that year that nobody could have expected. I guess the reason I think that the, the Reds offense is going to have to be different this year, it's going to have to be formed differently, is because they don't they don't have that other hammer. Um, you know, the, the third big bat after Votto and Bruce. Um, 
I, you know, I just don't see who that could be. I, I don't think Ludwig could do it. If if he could, then yeah, maybe we can get away with not having a leadoff hitter. But I, I think it's going to have to be a different type of offense, and I think it's going to have to come from whether or not Billy Hamilton can get on base. If Billy Hamilton can't get on base, Ludwig doesn't hit. I mean, how many runs is this team going to score? Not many. Uh, 669. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I think both those guys are 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 definitely important. Ludwig's going to get a ton of at bats. You also, you also wonder, you know, what what you know whether Todd Frazier is the Todd Frazier we saw last year, the Todd Frazier we saw two years ago. I mean, there's so many guys, and 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 I think that is a reason to be optimistic. I think there's guys that that this year we can reasonably expect to have better years offensively than they had last year. Yeah, I think Fra- I think Frazier. You can uh, say that about Mezzarocco. Uh, listen, I, th- I would not be surprised if Phillips. Brandon Phillips were a little bit better. Um, I mean, I know the trends aren't good with him either, especially at his age, but um, but he was hurt for a large portion of the last year. So, you know, maybe his numbers come back up a little bit uh, if it's uh, head screwed on straight, if uh, Walt Jockety hasn't gotten in his head too much with all the – And, I, you know, and Joey Votto's numbers could, could be better. Joey Votto's maybe. numbers could be better. You know, I, I, you know it's hard to complain about a, a 926 OPS and a 154 OPS plus. He's capable of more, though. Yep, but he did the year before. I mean, in, you know, two of his last four years, his OPS plus has been over 170. So, oh, uh, have you noticed that Joey Votto is good? Yeah, he, he's not a bad bad player. Yeah, he's, know, he's, he's all right. He, they probably ought to keep him. Yeah, they might want to keep him for a, yeah, another decade. Um. <laughs> anyway, you were going into the Walt or the Castellini article. Well, yeah. Is there anything else you want to interrupt me about? Goodness. No, I'll wait till you right. start talking. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, now, did you see the the, the article uh, where Faye talked to to Bob Castellini about uh, money stuff? And and we don't talk as much about money stuff here as maybe we used to. Um, but basically, to me, that that interview said that the Reds have some money, and uh, you know they obviously they just signed Homer Bailey to another deal, and and. They say they're not necessarily through with that. They're going to be smart with the money, but with all the TV money that's coming in and and, and revenue in terms of uh, season tickets, although they're a little bit below what uh, they had hoped this year, that they're, 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 the revenue is, is up and uh, it's just to break even. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was, uh, if we're talking about being optimistic, I read that as being uh, a, a CEO an owner who wants to win and ha- uh, has sort of a, a plan that they're sticking to to be competitive year after year. Is that is that the way you took it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting because it kind of bore out what Steve had said and a lot of, and a lot of what Steve has been writing for the last, I don't know, six or eight months. And you're talking about, about Steve, Steve Mancuso, one of our writers yeah. at uh, Red Lake Nation. You know, talking about where the future money lies. And that, you know, that the Reds are basically spending future money right now, which is what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that, I think that's why they backloaded the, the Arroyo deal. Um, I think they're paying Ken Griffey Jr. to like 2025 or something. Uh, because they knew all this money was coming down the pipe. I did find it interesting where they said that they were going to, uh, with the with the local thing they're going to they're going to maximize the right the value of our rights when they're able um if i if i was fox sports ohio that would have made my sphincter shiver a little bit because the reds have some of the best ratings 
in baseball. Yeah. On the local network. So when when Fox Sports goes to sit down with Mr. Castellini to talk about that, uh, they better be ready to write a big check. Well, it's got to be a valuable property to Fox Sports. It has to be. I mean, uh, some of the best ratings in the country uh, for a local team. Yeah, and and you you would assume that if the Reds continue to be successful over the next several years, they're going to take over more and more of that network. I mean, the network right now, you know, the, the northeast part of the state is, is all Indians, and the southwest part of the state is all Reds, and they I think they kind of fight over the middle of the state. But I would believe, I would tend to believe that the team that's more successful is going to start controlling more of the, the the part of the you know the rest of the state. Yeah, and that makes it even a more valuable asset. Um, the, the one thing that, that bugged me about the article, and, and I posted this in a comment on the, on the, on the thing, is uh, Castellini's belief that, that our job, the media's job, everybody's job, was to help the Reds. It, 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 he almost verbalized it, you know, that we hurt their season tickets by, by you know, talking about how the Reds didn't do anything in the offseason. Well, they didn't do anything in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they signed Homer Bailey, and that's a wonderful thing. That's great. But you're going in, you know, minus Chew and Arroyo from last year's team. You're putting a lot of faith in a young man to play out there in center field. You got a guy, an older guy coming back from a, a severe shoulder problem that you're counting to be one of your power hitters and left. And, you know, and, and, and you wanted the, the media and, and I guess the blogs and everybody else to, you know, to go around the campfire and sing Kumbaya and help you sell season tickets. Well, that's not our job. You know, if you've got a way to sell your team, then you ought to be getting the word out. Well, we expect to be better because we think Devin Mazzarocco is going to be a really good player and he's going to step up this year. You know, when when we're saying the Reds aren't doing anything, you know, ooh, we got Skip Schumacher. <laughs> You're not excited you know? about Skip? You know, and, you know, and before we get off here, we got to talk about the Reds' facial hair policy. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. Here we go. Um <laughs> Let me just—I think you're exactly right. I, I think that uh, Castellini's uh, criticism—it was almost like he was saying, "Why did you guys write that mean get better? You know, why why can't you be team players?" And that's if, listen a little bit of the criticism of uh, the Inquirer, and uh, and we love those guys at the Inquirer, but also uh, well uh, the MLB.com beat writer, um, Mr. Sheldon, has been that they've been a little bit too much. Uh, they went overboard in defending. They tend to go overboard in defending the organization. And, and yes. Obviously, the uh, the Dusty Baker uh, situation last year um, brought that criticism to the forefront a little bit because a lot of time was spent defending uh, Dusty. In 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 my opinion, rather than being, uh, uh, I guess, reporters. Let's, let's put it that way. So um, I can see how the organization would be upset that the. Uh, that, that, that media and, and, and the blogs are the blogs. They don't care anything about, uh, they don't uh, treat sites like Red Leg Nation with anything more than contempt, frankly, unless we can help their bottom line. Um, you know, I thought it was. Uh, and, even, and even at that, they don't treat us, they don't pay any attention to us, even when we, because everything we would do would do nothing but help their bottom line. Yeah. But that's a whole different topic. It is, it is. But, uh, uh, if you're completely 100% uncritical about the uh, about the Reds, then uh, you're you're not helping the cause. Was sort of what Castellini was saying, and I I think that's sort of a, a 
not really a, a good criticism. I thought that was a distraction from the overall point. Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting that he was willing to talk, not necessarily dollars, but but theory. Yeah, uh, you know of, of 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 where they're taking the team. Um, the 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 season ticket thing was a was an interesting um, point. I will say this: they considered the the tickets, the package that I had last year, uh, the thirteen game package. They considered that a season ticket package last year. They decided that that wasn't going to be a season ticket package anymore. But you could still get the same tickets for 13 games, but you didn't get all the other benefits that you get with season tickets. You know, the early the early entry, you know, the, the couple other things. Right. Well, that may be one of the reasons that their season tickets are down lower than, than they were in the pre- in previous years. You know, because those people that were buying that 13-game package, all of a sudden those aren't considered season tickets anymore. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh and, and the reason I was told that they did that was because they expected to get so much demand with the All-Star game coming up that they wouldn't be able to to give you know access to All-Star game tickets to, to everybody that had season tickets. Well, if they're down in season ticket sales, then apparently that's not what is happening. Right. Well, and it's evidently because they didn't do anything to improve a third-place team. And so, uh, right. Uh, yeah. oh, but maybe we shouldn't say that. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Mr. Castellini, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Hey, Bob, I'm not. You know, there are ways that they could have challenged that. You know, they could have had their, they could have had their own Joey Votto offensive, you know, the same kind of thing Joey did. You know, if they were trying to, to you know, if they thought that the, 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 the criticism they were getting in the media wasn't fair, they could have had Brian Price and, and you know, one of the Castellinis or Walt Jockety on sports talk or on, you know, talk radio or doing interviews saying, listen, you know, we didn't go out and sign anybody for big money, but this is why we think we're going to be pretty daggone good this year. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they really didn't. They just, uh, you know, they, they were like playing rope and dope and, you know, and then they're pissed that the guy's hitting them when they're on the ropes. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought it was telling how surprised they acted that the local media would be critical. Um, you know, yeah, which may say something in itself. It might, it really might. Um, oh, well, uh, you know, we're going to try to remain optimistic here. I think uh, that's, that's the goal because there are still some really exciting things about this team, uh, going into 2014. So, um, uh, some of the, that criticism is over a, a lack of, uh, moves in the off season is warranted, but, uh, it's not, that's not to say that this is going to be in, uh, another third place year. I don't, that's not the way baseball works. So, um, there are reasons to be excited. Are there not? I absolutely think there are. I think, you know, and we've talked a little bit about it. I think there are a number of reasons to believe that the offense, there are offensive players that are going to take a step forward or, or return to things they've done in the past. The pitching staff is going to be very good. You hope that the bullpen's healthier than it was last year. I think I think they're going to end up with too many good guys in the bullpen. I think they're going to end up letting one or two, you have to let one or two guys go yeah. um, or work out a deal or something, you know, towards the end of spring training. Uh, I don't. Ex- I think the Cardinals are going to be very difficult to catch. Uh, I don't expect them to hit like they did last year, but crime any sakes, they're deep. You know, they're like the you know, they're like the Duke of, of of baseball. You know, they don't they don't rebuild; they just reload. I know, well run uh, organization. You know, but the Pirates, 
I don't expect the Pirates to be as good as they were last year. And they didn't do much to help themselves over the winter, and they lost their second-best pit starter. Uh, and, and they had a, a, a number of guys that had career years, and they brought some guys in at the end of the year that, that really kind of put them over the hump that aren't there anymore. Um, you know, I, you know, but as Chris Welsh reminded me when we talked that day, he said, be very careful. Don't, you know, don't, don't overlook the Brewers. Yeah. It's going to be uh, an interesting year in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, like I said, we're trying to wrap up here, but, uh, um, but the Reds should be in the mix and, and really after all the years, uh, let's not lose that we suffered through in the late nineties, uh, well, mostly in the 2000s, let's not uh, underestimate the value of a team that's at least in the mix. There's, you know, there's some fu- there's some fun involved there. So, uh, fingers are crossed. Yep. All right. Anything else you got for us, Bill? Before we sign off here, we've as we usually do, we've rambled on uh, for longer than we anticipated. How do you institute a facial hair policy and then <laughs> say Corky Miller's facial hair is okay? <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Uh, we we may we may have to table that one uh, for next time. Uh, <laughs> you you don't like Corky's uh, facial hair? No, I, I, that's not what I said. I, what I said is, how do you institute? And I can't remember exactly how it was worded. It was something like it can't be out of control or something weird like that. Something real generic. Yeah. But then I, I read later that they said, well, Corky Miller stuff is okay. Then. He, he's uh, if, if you know, if it's not allowed to be out of control, then and Corky's in out of control. I don't know what is exactly. Well, maybe there's a grandfather clause to that new policy, and he... or maybe, yeah, maybe unless you're Brian Will, maybe it was a way to keep Brian Wilson from pitching for the Reds. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's man. all I got. All right, man. Well, it's uh as always had fun talking to you, Bill. Um, and we'll be back, uh, you and I, and uh, at some point real soon, and. Uh, look forward to your next interview whenever that comes along. Um, gang, I appreciate you uh, downloading the podcast. As we say every time, don't know why you would. Uh, so many uh, options for your entertainment time, and it really uh, means a lot that you would take time to listen to us ramble along. Um, you know, If you want to go to redlegnation.com or uh, go to redlegnationradio.com, our new website, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or uh, RSS uh, feed, and, and I would encourage you to do that. Go, go subscribe. Um, let's uh, let's get the word out about this. Uh, help move, help us move up in the rankings at iTunes. Go download it and uh, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, at Bill Redleg N. That's Bill's uh, Twitter handle. Um, our other host, who uh, will be back with us next week, I think, um, is Joel Luckup at J L U C K H A U P T. Um, and then of course I'm at Dotson C and, and rag on me about this ridiculous accent that I've got. Okay. I'm tired of hearing about it. Uh, <laughs> I know y'all thought that was funny. Uh, last, uh, after the last podcast and it, it, it was hurtful. Uh, no, not really. Uh, uh, Bill can barely understand what I'm saying. I know, but, uh, he's, he's learned how to decipher this accent. Haven't you? Well, I, you know, I was stationed in the South when I was in the Navy, so I, you know, I, I speak Southern East. There you go. Good. Maybe that's why we get along so well. We understand each other well. Um, guys, really, uh, really appreciate uh, you listening to us. Hey, go by, go to redlegannual.com as well. Uh, Joel Luckup's put a lot of work into that Redleg Annual. Three bucks, best three bucks you'll ever spend. A lot of great writing about the Cincinnati Reds and the upcoming 2014 season. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.